It's time to place your bets. Let's talk to the pros. Welcome in, everybody, to Betting Pros. We've got a great show for you today. We are getting so close to the NFL draft, just days away. So we brought in two of our fantastic experts from Fantasy Pros, from the fantasy side, because we've been doing a whole lot of mock drafting, and we're going to take that knowledge of all these mocks that we've done and try to help you out on the wagering at Betting Pros. So I want to welcome to the show today Kyle Yates and Mike Tagliere. Like I said, we are getting so close to the NFL draft, you can basically feel it, you can sense it. And uh, I got to tell you, Tags, we'll start with you here. It feels like, once again, you know, the crossover between fantasy, between wagering, between everything and our and our love of NFL is at a peak. It's at a fever pitch right now. And I got to tell you, it's kind of a fun way to watch the draft when you have a little bit of money in it. Well, I mean, we're going to we're going to be watching the draft. We're going to be talking about the draft. We're going to be going through like so I'm not even have time to think about anything. It's just literally just going to keep going. And <laughs> I, I I can't wait because I'm tired of the the talk. Like basically everybody's talking in circles. It's the right. same thing over and over. And it's been that way for a little while. And now storylines are being made up just to, to pump up interest. I don't need anything pumped up. I'm pumped for the draft. I'm ready for it. And I'm ready to do the show today. Yates, are you as pumped as Tags is? Because my goodness, I am pumped right now because of his pumpness. Everyone's just so pumped. <laughs> but, but he's right to a certain extent, isn't he, Yates, that at this point, it is not only just talk, but it feels like everybody's just repeating the same narratives about certain things. And we all know that when push comes to shove, something is going to be completely different that nobody recognized, saw coming, and it's going to affect the rest of the draft because why? It happens every single year. Oh, absolutely. And this has been like the longest three months of my life, right? Where like <laughs> the Super Bowl ended and it feels like this is a very, in the grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of the NFL season and off season, like this is a very small window, but yeah, it feels like this is just a six month long process of leading up to the NFL draft. So it's still, it's like getting closer and closer, but yet at the same time, it feels like it's never going to get here. So yeah. very excited to be here on the betting pros side of things and talking uh, some NFL draft here. So let's talk about the first round right now as it stands with it seems like Wilson going second overall so you're not getting any good odds on Trevor Lawrence that's the lock and then of course Wilson looks like the second lock and next we've got Mac Jones who looks like a minus 145 over on betting pros then you've got Justin Fields at plus 165 to go third for the 49ers Trey Lance at plus 400 and then Wilson if for some reason something does change you're getting a 25 to 1 on him so let's start with you here Yates in this one because I know you and I have a very distinct feeling about this which is the quarterback situation in terms of where we like them where we rank them we think the 49ers would be nuts to pass on Trey Lance and I guess here's the question if you truly believe that as you and I do isn't it clear that the bet on the board at four to one is how you make money with Trey Lance It absolutely is. When you're looking at Mac Jones at minus 145, I'm not going anywhere near that. I don't buy the smokescreen whatsoever, the chatter that it's going to be Mac Jones. And number three overall, you just do not trade multiple first round picks to go up and get someone of that caliber. And then uh, with Justin Fields, I think that it's a worthy bet. But if you're looking to hit on this one, I think that it could be Trey Lancer. And so at those odds of, you know, the four to one of that plus 400, that's really, really solid. And I'm I'm looking to, to lay down some money on that one. All right, I think it's nuts tags to lay 145 to win 100 for Mac Jones. I just think this is like one of the sucker bets on the board, so I don't even want to talk about that. So let's talk about Justin Fields instead, because Fields right now is a plus 165. Now, in your opinion, looking at this, do you think this is kind of that safe wager where actually, you know what, the odds are good? All of the buzz seems to be that Fields is in contention for that third pick. A lot of experts do believe he is 
the next best guy on the board consensus, even though that some of us are not in that same consensus. Do you look at Fields as probably being the, the chalky bet here, but in a way good chalk because moving up to take Mac Jones seems like the wrong thing to do if you're the 49ers. So it would make a lot more sense if it was Lance or Fields, even though the odds are much better on, you know, Fields. Is it a good way to make a little bit of a, a better wager here in terms of rather him than Mac Jones? I would not, I obviously would not bet on Mac Jones. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. Uh, you know, where there's smoke, there's usually fire. But at the same time, when you think about this, when, when San Francisco made this trade, there were rumors that they reached out to both the Falcons and the Dolphins. So mm-hmm. they were they were talking to both those teams, which means that they were interested in one of those two spots. And they had to assume if Miami was going to stay there, someone else was going to trade up. So therefore, it's almost like the Falcons seem to be holding out for a ransom that they're not getting from any other team. So... Me, it's like if you wanted three or four, that tells me that you're okay with one of the top four quarterbacks in your board. And Kyle Shanahan with the ties now with Robert Salah out, out there in New York, it's like I feel like he knows exactly who the Jets are taking. I feel like they know that in San Francisco, and then they traded up into this spot to know exactly who they're going to pick. I don't think that you're going to trade up this far to take Mac Jones. Mac Jones was a guy that in a lot of mock drafts leading up to this was go- was going in the teens. Uh, I think the Patriots were a team that was there. Washington was there. The Bears. Those are the, that's the territory that a lot of people were talking about it, and everybody wants to drum this up. And Yates has said it all along that he thinks this is a draft night story that they're going to be looking up to drum up, be like, how far is Mac Jones going to fall? Mm-hmm. But in reality, he should have been falling all along. Right. So I do think that the best bet for me, it would have been Justin Fields. I'm a little worried about this epilepsy thing that came out uh, just the, yesterday. Actually, right. it said yeah. that there were multiple NFL teams that this came through in his in his medical checks. So that's a little worrisome, especially when you're spending as much. So Trey Lance at plus 400 feels like he's probably the best bet, to be honest. I don't think I'm betting it at all, though, because I think there's a lot of there's a lot of if ands or buts with this pick, but uh, if I had to pick one right now, I'd say Trey Lance plus 400. All right, let's move on to first player drafted by position, and we've got a consensus over here at Betting Pros with Penny Sewell at minus 560. They'll be the first O lineman off the board. Rashawn Slater plus 250. Now, is this as stark as it appears from these odds here in your opinion tags? Because most of the mocks we've done over on the fantasy side here have been Penny Sewell being the first guy, but we've heard a lot of buzz about Rashawn Slater. A lot of teams love him. Is there any way that you can justify Slater going over Sewell? I am not laying 560 uh, on, on Penny Sewell. Uh, <laughs> well, that's I, a different I do, question. That I do, <laughs> yeah, I do believe that he's the first offensive line off the board, but I don't think it's a stone cold lock. I don't think it's like Trevor Lawrence going to the Jackson. It's not that. Um, this is a bet that I would actually stay away from because Rashawn Slater has not got nothing but like steam going into this draft where Penny Sewell he held out and we've heard from multiple people that players that held out could fall further than you think because teams just have no idea what shape they're in if that year away from football you know it did some damage but there's a lot of question marks here so if if I was forced to pick one of them I'd say Slater plus 250 but I'm not betting either of those well clearly Sewell isn't is not even available I'm sorry my 560 is just nuts there's no reason Uh to ever do that but is there enough helium right now with Slater Yates in your opinion to justify maybe taking a little look at this plus two because this is a nice little uh, odds here in terms of offensive linemen considering well Slater's getting a ton of buzz here late or once again is this just another classic smokescreen going on with the NFL guys if you have to ask me just straight up which offensive lineman goes off the board first I do think that it's Penny Sewell at the end okay. of the day but Rayshon Slater is getting a ton of buzz like you said to the point where a lot of NFL teams from what we've been told have Rayshon Slater ranked above Penny Sewell now it just matters the guys in the five six seven eight range what do they have Right. Yeah. Do they have Penny Sewell over Rayshon Slater? That's what it matters. So 
I when you sent this list over, like I circled O line, right? Because this is <clears throat> drastic. That five sixty to plus two fifty for mm -hmm. Rayshon Slater. If you had to just pick straight up, I would would still lean Penny Sewell. But if I'm looking to look at that action there at plus two fifty, I think that it's actually worthy of at least laying down a little bit. Yeah, and it's kind of how I feel about that last one we talked about earlier on with the. You know, the third overround pick, it's like, you know, if you want to bet big with fields, that's fine. But I would throw a little bit in hedge with Trey Lance just in case, because you might be able to hit pretty good right there with that one, because I don't think that's an impossibility at all. And I think that's actually going to possibly change as we get into next week with the NFL draft. So keep an eye on that one, too. I think that's a line that might move, especially after some of the news that came out about fields, too. Just keep a close eye on that one. Let's go to cornerback uh, here. And Patrick Sertan is minus 305 on betting pros consensus. J.C. Horn is plus 200. Is there any way here, Yates, you see these two flip-flopping? Or is Sertan going to be basically the first cornerback off the board regardless? There's absolutely a path for J.C. Horn to be taken over Patrick Sertan. Do I think that that's the right move? No, but Dallas Cowboys sitting there at number 10 overall. If Sertan and Horn are on the board, there is some significant smoke that J.C. Horn might be the corner that they prefer. Just with his ability to be a press man across the board, be able to guard slot corners to big tight ends. He locked down Elijah Moore in college all the way out to Kyle Pitts. So right. that ability would be really, really uh, attractive for Dallas at, at number 10 overall. So I think there's a possibility, but if you have to ask me just straight up, I do think that Patrick Sertan at minus 305 is still the way that I would go. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up because that's something I was looking at yesterday, which is how good Horn was against some of the elite talent in college football. Do you think that matters enough or could matter enough in your opinion tags to put him over Sertan first as the first corner going off the board? I, I, I Do I think it's possible? Sure. But I, I, I'm actually with Yates in this one. That Sertan at minus 305, I think it's a fair bet. Uh, that's actually one I would do because I think if Caleb Farley didn't have the back issues that he did, I would be uncomfortable selecting him there because I think Farley was the better cornerback in my opinion. I, I feel like there's deficiencies in Sertan's game, but coming from Alabama, if you're looking for something to tilt it, Alabama players almost always get picked before right. anybody else. Uh, so Sertan, to me, I think that there's another prop bet available right now where Sertan uh, the over under on where he's picked is 10 and a half and I would say under that uh, so if you don't want to if you're uncomfortable with Sertan or Horn here if you're like ah, I can see it going either way I think both of them can potentially be picked by 10 and that one that Tags is talking about is minus 159 if you like that so keep that in mind that's a spot open there if you like Sertan going uh, over under 10 and a half it would be the under there at minus 159 is those odds. Let's go to the defensive lineman, and we'll move on to some more of Tags' favorites. Uh, we've got Quiddy Pay at minus 200, Aziz Ojari at plus 150, and Jalen Phillips at plus 200. Uh, Tags, we'll start with you with this one. Uh, Quiddy Pay is the favorite right now. Uh, in your opinion, is there any way you want to justify? Because these are pretty tight right now. This was a little bit tighter than some of the other ones we've seen here. But you got three guys who were pretty close. So I guess, what do you do in terms of approaching this? Do you stay away from the defensive lineman? Because it is kind of tough to tell because every team does have certain schemes that they want to run. Or do you think there really is a definitive guy that you're going to put above everybody else? I Honestly, I, I, I don't think that there's a right answer here. I don't think anybody knows who's going to come so off the board first. So it's a stay away for you. It, it really is because Quiddy Pay is, is someone that people are doing some projecting in order to get him there and saying he wasn't used correctly at Michigan. Well, when you're taking a guy as high as, you know, 12, 15 or wherever the first right. edge rusher is picked, you need to know that the guy's going to produce. You know what I mean? Uh, Jalen Phillips, he would be the number one for me. I, I think that he 100% would be the first one off the board if he didn't have these question marks. You know, retiring in 2018 from concussions and then coming back and playing the way he 
he did. Obviously, that's fantastic, but there are health concerns there. Uh, we can't eliminate those. Ojalari, I don't think belongs in the conversation, to be honest. Um, I, I, I don't even have him in my top four edge rushers in this class. So, well, if you're taking uh, him out of their tags, then that means Quiddy Pay at minus 200, Jalen Phillips at plus 200, Yates. I take Phillips. Is the, I was just going to say, Yates, are you kind of where tags is, which seems like take Ojari out of it. And then that's a pretty big divide right now. You're between the minus two and the plus right. two. In my opinion, too, it would seem like you're crazy not to if you want to lay down some money on this one to go with the Phillips side, obviously. I'm in complete agreement with tags on this one across the board, where you say this is one that I would probably stay away from in general because Jalen Phillips, if he was fully healthy, would be that favorite that I would say, I think that you would see the odds flipped if we knew that Phillips was completely healthy. Unfortunately, unless we get something leaked in the media about his medical history, we're not going to have that clarity. So Jalen Phillips, if I'm putting any money down on this one, it would be Jalen Phillips just because from the talent perspective, he belongs above Quiddy Pay. But does the NFL, do, does Vegas know, or like the odd makers know something here with Quiddy Pay over Jalen Phillips that we don't? So this is just one that I would probably stay away from. If I'm forced to do anything, it would be Jalen Phillips at plus 200. All right. Now, before we move on to some of the individual teams, uh, Tag, you highlighted a few things here. And I want to talk about this first one because one of the unders for the total quarterbacks, the number is five and a half. And you've circled this as the under, but it's a minus 560 here. And typically, again, if you're going to lay that much just to win... I, it must be an absolute 100% lock. And it, and it feels like it is, yeah. and it probably is, but still, how do you, uh, I guess, how do you sleep at night making sure that you're going to go for this minus 560 just to win $100 there? Because to lay 560, even though you know it's a lock, that is a whole lot to lay down there. So why do you like this wager so much? I mean, it's a whole lot, but it's really not. I mean, it's the same odds that Penny Sewell's got to be the first offensive lineman off the board. Like when mm -hmm. you think about it and that that one to me has more wiggle room. Every year they talk about quarterbacks that could potentially sneak in the in the first round. Remember Mason Rudolph, that whole conversation? Go, <laughs> I no, do. That's what I'm saying. Those quarterbacks, that's what I'm saying. You go to those quarterbacks and it's like Lamar Jackson fell. He was a guy that should have went higher and he fell all the way to the 32nd pick where you're going to have guys, I, I swear, some of these names they're bringing up are going to fall the third and fourth round. And I, I don't see any chance it gets, uh, no chance it gets over five. I'm I'm just willing to do it. Uh, you know what? I, I tend to agree with you. It's just a lot. It's a, <laughs> it's a big, you know, minus five sixties, a lot. Yates, are you as confident as tags in as this number? Oh man. If I'm forced to take those odds at five sixty, that's just something that's a little steep for me to get me in too. on. But when you look at the names outside of the top five, obviously you have your Trevor Lawrence, uh, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, and that conversation seem to be guaranteed first round locks. Well, then it's gotta be one of Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, Davis right. Mills sneaking up into that back end of the first round. That's just not happening. Like I'm, I'm fairly, fairly certain, 99% certain that that is not going to happen, but it's just that if it were minus 300, that would be another conversation, but minus 560, man, it's just steep. See, that's where I struggle too. I, I struggle with the 560 the, and, and here's the other part that I struggle, which is we're taking this at face value with the teams that are on the board at the end of the first round, but that's not necessarily the, the teams trade, that you're going to be picking right. there. And I think the variable of the trade scares me with that much juice. I get to me, it's just too much that I I would personally stay away from this one. Mike's confident and he should be. I think he is a hundred percent right. But that small variable of any team could jump in in those last couple of rounds and and you know Kansas City could trade out or or a Tampa or somebody like that at the very end because somebody might say, oh, you know what, we love this quarterback. We just want to make sure we get him before it flips over to the second round. It's not impossible. I mean, some people didn't think Jordan Love would go in the first round last year. 
Uh, who would who would necessarily thought that not only would he go, oh, no. but he would he go was to the expected. Packers. He was expected to go to the first round, but not the Packers, everybody had been... him in the first round. He was yeah. a guy you'd see in the first and sometimes in the second last year in a lot of the mocks. It was, it was somewhere debatable, but I don't think any of us thought the Green Bay Packers were going to be the team to do it. Like, no, that's that's or the to trade up, part there. right? Or to trade up to do it, right? Now over uh, my uh, point five running backs drafted in the first round. So basically. We're looking at basically a, a running back being drafted or not. Uh, yep. The juice is minus 305. So, Tags, what about this wager kind of piqued your interest? Well, it comes down to like looking at the teams at the end of the first round. You, you have the Dolphins who are at 18, they're picking. You have the Steelers who are 24. You have those chances. But then you have the guys who are at the top of the next round. You, you know, you talk about teams like Atlanta, uh, you talk about teams like the Jets. Uh, these uh, Miami has another pick early in the round. These are all teams that I could see moving up just a couple spots to get back in the first round to draft that running back and get that fifth year option on their contract because as we know running backs walk into the league they're in their prime they're used right away they're not going to be signed to a second contract the majority of the time and like we can go back a couple years and like talk about Rashad Penny that guy went in the first round you know uh Najee Harris is is a a running back I love you know Travis Etienne is perfect for today's NFL Javante Williams is a guy that's been getting a picking up a lot of steam lately uh so one of those three running backs I do believe will go in the first round do you believe, Yates, that Trevin Morig would be the first safety drafted? It's minus 400. Vegas certainly seems to think so. Yeah, I think that this is kind of a lock. When you look at guys like Javon Holland out of Oregon as that kind of consensus second safety off the board, I mean, but after that, Hamza Nasiruddin out of Florida State, Andre Sisco, like it's a it's a weak safety class just in yes. general. So when you're looking at Tra- Trayvon Merrigan, what he brings to the table, I think that he is kind of just locked in to be that first safety taken. This, again, steep odds, minus 400, but... I doubt, I, I just can't see any of those other guys going above him. Now, the over-under for Alabama players going in the first round, it's five and a half. Uh, Tags, you've circled the under here on this one. The uh, the line is plus 155. So your thoughts on this Alabama player total? Yeah, I've been running through it. I'm trying to figure out where they got that from. I think it would be safer to set it at four and a half, uh, to be honest. Like, But the five and a half is... You know, Christian Barmore is not a guy that's being mocked in every single uh, first round of every single one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you work through it and you try and like Najee Harris. That's assuming that Najee Harris goes in. And that's where I would set it at four and a half because you start working it in. You start. It's almost like you just look at it and you start adding up the players and you're like, not just one guy, but two guys have to get into that first round that almost like I, that I don't expect to be there. Barmore has a chance. I will say that. But you're going to need one more. So it's just I don't I don't see it. I don't see it happening. It seems like actually one of the better bets on the board, the way we're talking about it, because in all the mocks we've done, we've been under that number for the most part, uh, the fact that I can recall. So, Yates, do you feel confident in this uh, plus 155 as well? I don't, uh, because you're looking at Christian Barmore is is getting top 20 buzz. Now, this is at the point of the season where you say, because it's just heading in, like we talked about at the top, it's just draft season and it's getting Mm -hmm. closer to the draft where there's just so much smoke and 40 players are going to go in the top 20 picks, right? (laughs) But with Barmore, he's getting that buzz because it is a very, very weak interior defensive lineman class. When you have a player who has the upside of Barmore, that's the potential. So you go Barmore, Mac Jones, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, there's four right there. Uh Then uh, Landon Dickerson would be the other one, right? where potentially it's all dependent upon the health for him. And then Najee Harris. So right. at at that point, you have the six players. So it's just, it comes down to really Landon Dickerson. Because I do think that Najee Harris is going to go in the first round. So now it really just comes down to Landon Dickerson and what his health is. This is probably one that I would probably stay away from. I wonder also if you could, you know, if you think about it, if you like, <laughs> we just talked about before the, whether or not you think Najee Harris goes in the first round, right? That number of running backs, right? Yep. It's almost like you want to tie in 
the uh, maybe the the under on the running backs <laughs> if you could get it, and the under on Alabama if you like that side. It seems like that's the tie-in because mm-hmm. it might be Najee Harris is the guy who breaks this five and a half. Does that seem like a, a good pairing if indeed you were inclined to do so? I think Harris is one of those guys that's going to come through, that he's going to actually be in the first round. But it's Barmore and uh, uh, Dickerson. Those are the two that I don't – I maybe one of them does. But then if you're going to put both of them in there, you're kicking out some big names out of the first round. And that's the only right. – re- I just don't see it because they're almost – that line is almost saying, hey, if you think both are going to come – like if that's a lot of players. I it's, mean it, – it, it comes down to Dickerson. Sorry to cut you off, Tex. It yeah, comes down to true. Dickerson. And again, that's a that's a health, just like Jalen Phillips. That's a health thing where we don't yeah. know. Unless it leaks, we're not going to have that information. So that's just a risky a bet to put down when you don't have all the information at your fingertips. I just don't know. I, I'm not confident in it. All right, let's see how confident you guys are in a few of these individual team wagers that are out there. So these are teams, whether or not they're going to pick this specific player, which is a little tougher to gauge, but... You do have some pretty good odds. Most of them are all in the plus, obviously, as well, the ones we're going to talk about. So Trey Lance for the Denver Broncos is a plus 200. For the Broncos, Micah Parsons is a plus four. Mac Jones is a plus six. Yates, can I tempt you on any of these? Uh, If I'm willing to take a shot on any of these, I think Trey Lance is off the board. Uh, I don't think that Micah Micah Parsons goes in the top 10 because of some off-the-field concerns. So I think he falls a little bit. Uh, Mac Jones is the one that I look at any of the, if he is supposed to go in the top 10, which is what we're being told, which is what we're being fed. Denver (laughs) probably makes the most sense where you look at the situation that he has with the playmakers around him. It's a team that's committed to running the football, playing with good defense, taking care of the football. Mac Jones fits that. And he brings that experience that drew Locke doesn't. So I guess it really all just comes down to where do you think Mac Jones is going to go? If I'm going to take a shot on any of these, it would be Mac Jones at plus 600. Well, the six to one is certainly good enough odds to take a shot. Tags, are you in agreement there or is this just a complete stay away anyway? I, I stay away from teams that are that you, you tie to teams just because you have no idea. Like literally one trade that happens above that team, it changes the entire draft board mm-hmm. and it changes everything. Uh, teams know that. And that's why they have to go in. They have to meet with all these different prospects because they have to be prepared for every situation. Unfortunately, when you're betting before the draft, you're not prepared for every situation. Uh, betting on a single player, I should say. So uh, I, I, Micah Parsons at 400. I don't I don't know if I mind that one. You know, you go back to Vic Fangio when he was with Chicago drafting Roquan Smith with the number eight overall pick I think it was uh you know and they linebacker is a position of need for them uh they did add cornerbacks they don't need that so if a quarter if a quarterback does not fall to them that they would want I I think Mac Jones is redundant in terms of having Drew Locke on the roster see what you have if if they were able to get Trey Lance they'd love it but I don't think Lance falls there uh but Micah Parsons is interesting because he's a guy that I think I would have mocked earlier in the draft like definitely inside the top 10 earlier. And it seems like he's fallen through the media, but I don't know really why. Uh, But at nine for the the Broncos, for Vic Fangio to add another piece to that defense, it kind of makes some sense. All right. So you have a good argument there for the Mac Jones side, a good argument for the Parsons side. Let's take a look at the Giants. Uh, Devontae Smith is the highest odds here, plus 250. Then you have Michael Parsons as well, plus five. And then Rashawn Slater, plus five. Yates, the plus 500 on Slater is the one I'm circling because the Giants could certainly use some more offensive line help. I mean, they've done everything else. I mean, the health of Saquon Barkley the last few years has not been good. Let's be honest. You've added Kenny right. Galladay, so you want to get time for him to get open downfield if you're going to really make this offense work. It seems like Slater at 5-1 to one is actually a pretty good wager if you're going to be looking there. But then again, you never know what teams are going to do. Do you feel like this is a stay away for you when it comes to the Giants, or do you think Slater is actually a good investment? 
this really is a stay away from me. If okay. there were any of these guys that were edge players and there were favorable odds, that would probably be something I would look at mm-hmm. because I think edge is where they go in the first round. But there's not. I don't think that they double down on wide receiver after adding Kenny Galladay and adding some key pieces throughout free agency. Micah Parsons, again, it makes sense with Dave Gettleman, but yet at the same time, I don't know if Parsons is going to go this early. So if there was an edge, maybe. But outside of that, man, I just don't think Rayshon Slater is still there. So I will uh, I'll stay away from this one. Tags, you seem like you're in agreement. So let's move on to the Eagles instead. Devonta Smith plus 300, Patrick Sertan. Uh, plus 300 and Jalen Waddle plus 500. So obviously we got the two wide receivers in this cluster. Do you think the Eagles do go back to that wide receiver? Well, and if so, which one of these two guys? And Devontae Smith would be my choice here just because, I mean, this is a team that desperately needs wide receivers after letting go of Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> Obviously, they weren't on the field for them. Uh, but Jalen Jalen Rager, I think if you put him and Jalen Waddle together, I, di- I just think you have a couple burners that I, I I like Rager and I don't think I'm not giving up on him. I don't think the Eagles should either. But Devonta Smith is uh, Devonte Smith is someone that that accents his play very well. Like he's a different type of player than Jalen Rager. <laughs> so I believe Devonte Smith would be the one I would choose. But again, I'm staying away from this. I heard the Eagles could look to trade back even more in this and if the Eagles do trade back they're not going to get Devontae Smith so uh, that's again this is why I avoid at all costs uh, like so like doing a prop bet with players going to specific teams all right well let's try about these two players in general then Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle let's look at them and Yates uh, we have minus 106 that Smith goes first minus 118 that Waddle goes first Number one, do you think this is the correct odds on these guys? And number two, are one of these more interesting to you than the other in terms of wagering? I, I think Waddle goes first. Uh, with Devontae Smith at 166 pounds, I think that he's going to be a great pro. Like, don't don't get me wrong. I think that he's going to be great. But it's the outlier perspective here with Devontae Smith and just how high do you take this guy in the NFL draft? So I think that teams are still going to be looking to get Devontae Smith on their team. Like, don't get me wrong. Again, I think he's going to be great. But it's just when you look at the the price tag, the investment, and then the fact that he's an outlier at that size, I just don't know if that's someone that you take within the top 15 picks. And if that's the case, then I don't that I know that Waddle's going to go in that range, and I know that Jamar Chase is going to go in that range. So I'll go Waddle here over Devontae Smith. All right, let's go back and talk some more about the first round. How many players from each position is going to go? We already talked about the quarterback, so we kind of dug into that one. We touched on the running backs, but I want to kind of bring it to everybody's attention, too, because right now on betting pros in the consensus, the over-under, the number is 0.5. So that's basically, is the running back going to get taken or not? Just to simplify it for folks out there who are still new to wagering. You got the minus 305 for the under. That's a consensus number. Then the under is plus 230. Now, that number is different in lots of different places. On FanDuel, for instance, the over is minus 270, the under is plus 200. If you go to another site like Foxbet, you got plus 200 for the uh, for the under, excuse me, for the over, and then for the under, uh, minus 286. And this is the nice thing about betting pros is that you can go to bettingpros.com and you can see the different houses, how they wager everything, how they set everything up, and basically where you like to get the best odds, and then you can go place your bet very smartly. So it's kind of like a condensed version where you don't have to keep looking at all these different sites. You can go to just one spot, and you can see everything there, like the wagers you like, and then find the best odds, and boom, you can go take care of that all. So let's go back to this one. Just use the consensus, boys, because, again, that .5, the consensus number is minus 305. The On the over, the under is plus 230. So tags... Once again, we'll just kind of touch on this one more time. It's whether or not you think a running back's going to go. We've done mocks where they have. We've done mocks where they haven't. And that makes this one a tough one. This is a stay away from me. How about you? 
I'm taking the over here. I, there, there will be one. The question is, which one is it? You know, for me, it would be Najee Harris. Uh, you know, it could for be me tra- too. Travis Etienne can 100% go there. He put on some weight for his pro day. Uh, he still ran a fast time. Uh, again, Javante Williams has been getting some hype recently. It reminds me a little bit of Rashad Penny in a way, where oh, like, no. like the, the rise. Poor no, no, guy. I'm, I'm not no, comparing. I know, I know, not the player, know, not the player, but no, like the rise to, during the draft process. So, uh, but I definitely see one of those three running backs coming off the board, if not two of them. All right, Yates, do you see one running back coming off the board? I do. I do. Okay. So basically then, if you do like that over when you're looking around, you got plus 200 to Fox bet, that's the place to go make that wager. (laughs) I can tell you right now, that's the spot, and that's because of looking at it at bettingpros.com. Now, when you go to the wide receivers right now, uh, right, the consensus so far, we've got the under at four and a half. uh, And looking at this again, you can go over under in some different places. Let's just take the number right now. Because the consensus is plus 175 on the under. Um, you can go to FanDuel and get the over at minus 205 just to give you a gauge of where the numbers are at. Yates, how many receivers do you think are going to go in this first round? Oh, man, this is a really tough one. Uh, yeah. Where you look at Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, they all seem to be locks. But then yeah. there is a huge range for the, no- the number four wide receiver off the board. Is it Rashad Bateman? Is it Terrace Marshall out of LSU? Is it somehow Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss? Like Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony is mm-hmm. supposed to go a lot higher, could even potentially go over Devontae Smith, according to Peter Schrager of NFL, you know, NFL Media. So there's just a ton here where I, it's a ton of uncertainty. If you had to make me choose, I would say the over here. I do think that we get five in the first round. As to which five it's going to be, I yeah. just have absolutely no idea. Yep. Well, across the board, the overs are all in the minus two-ish range. So we're talking 210 to 225 as I'm looking here on bettingpros.com. Uh, Tags, what do you think about this number here? Because, uh, look, they really are. I mean, you just never know. The league's going in this direction. But we've done these mocks these last month or so where we've had Big wide receiver mocks, and then somewhere they faded into the second round a little bit. And I'd say recently we're kind of close to this number, which is, again, why you're getting the four and a half. We know the three that are a lock. It's whether or not Bateman is a lock for you, too. If so, that's four automatically. You just need one more. So do you think one more can squeeze out of this first round? Well, if Bateman was a lock, I'd say, yeah. But after Bateman came in at six foot, 190 pounds, I don't know if he's a lock because he was always a guy that was talked about in the 20s. So, I mean, do I think Bateman should go there? Yeah, I absolutely do. Um, Do I think Tony should be considered? No. Do I think Elijah Mark should be considered? No. Do I think Terrace Marshall should be considered? No. So all these players, (laughs) I go through it. But that's the thing is you look at last year and teams are craving wide receivers right now so if this was even money i'd probably say the over but given it's minus 310 for over four and a half i can't do it i can't do that so i would actually rather take the under four and a half plus 225 but in reality i do happen to, i i there's probably going to be five wide receivers in that first round but as he said we don't know who and <laughs> I, I i don't feel comfortable with it but if i was That's forced fair. to pick if i was forced to pick one side i'd take the under four and a half all right, let's talk about the offensive lineman. Over under is six and a half minus 112 on both sides. So, uh, Tags, we'll start with you with this one. Obviously, offensive line has really been valued much more in the last few years. Teams are identifying and understanding how important it is to really build with these guys. If you don't have them, then you don't have anything because you can't protect your investments in these quarterbacks that you have. So, your thoughts on this number of six and a half? Obviously, we know a couple guys are locks, but do we have six or do we have seven? I'm going over, and I'm going to say over because it's offensive linemen. If you said offensive tackles, I think that would be a really good number because mm. we're seeing because of because the edge class is so weak, because the safety class is weak, because the linebackers are eh, there's a lot of borderline guys there. Like this is not a defensive draft, so it's like you start looking at it. Offensive line, you rarely see these players hit the open market. Rarely, it's true. Do. 
That's and true. so so it's like they need to attack these positions. And if you said six and a half offensive tackles, I would have been like, I'll probably take the under because there's usually a guy or two waiting there in the second round that nobody expected to fall. But being you're saying offensive linemen, it, there is a chance that we see Creed Humphrey or Landon Dickerson go in the first round. You know what I mean? These guys do. There's usually center that typically will go towards mm-hmm. the end of the first round. So I'm going to take the over on six and a half because it's total offensive linemen. It makes a great point there, Yates, because what Tax is saying is basically it's it's as good as this class is an offensive lineman. It's also not a great defensive draft necessarily compared to some other years. And that impact might indeed show up in this number. Do you agree that the over is probably a lock here at minus one twelve? I never want to call anything a lock in the NFL draft, but this <laughs> seems fair. like it where you say the offensive lineman, again, that classification is, is very important where if it was offensive tackle, or interior offensive lineman, you know, that would be one thing. But when we're looking at the overall offensive lineman, yeah, I'm pretty comfortable leaning the over there. All right. Now, we had to get a little bit of a clarity on one of these because we weren't sure what this was or whether or not. So what, who's a linebacker? Who's a defensive lineman? We looked at all of this, and what we found is we went over to the FanDuel Sportsbook. And in case you're looking to make any kind of wagers on things in terms of what's an edge player versus not and how they are, it's all about what they are in NFL.com. So whatever NFL.com designates them for, that's what the wagering house is going to do. So this is very important. We clarify this because going into it, we were looking at this number and asking ourselves the same question, but it is out there on most of these houses. So you could figure it out. The linebacker number here is four and a half over under Yates. You're getting plus 130 on the over minus 167 on the under your thoughts on linebackers in the first round. I'm taking the under here. There's definitely a chance right. that uh, Jameen Davis can slide in there or a Baron Browning can from Ohio State can slide in there at the back end of the first round. But outside of that, it's Micah Parsons. It's Jeremiah Uusakoromoa out of Notre Dame. And then maybe Zabin Collins. Collins, you yeah. know, and even if, if Zabin Collins is a lock, then I mean, that's still and, and Jameen Davis slides in there. That's still four. So I'm going right. to go under here. And that's pretty, pretty comfortable for me. Tags, you are nodding in agreement. You seem to agree here with this wholeheartedly, right? I feel very comfortable saying the under on that one. Linebackers for whatever reason. And it seems like it, it's get, it keeps getting pushed more and more like Patrick Queen. You know, last year was a guy that mm-hmm. we talked about being one of the top linebacker prospects. And he fell all the way to the Ravens. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think they devalue. It's almost like the opposite of teams, what they're doing wide receivers right now they're devaluing the linebackers they're valuing the cornerbacks more so i i definitely say under on this one last one here and then we'll close up shop we have defensive linemen over under four and a half the over is plus 110 the under is minus 137 tags your thoughts on this i am torn but i will say <laughs> that's a great I, song you know it's in the 90s i feel like that was like a that mid- a 90s i am torn well no it's like it's like you a said Natalie it in Brulia a sing song kind voice, of, you know you know, I'm a little I did torn. not sing. I did not sing that song. Yes, you did. It was close to it. It was close. That's that, okay. You're a little late. Wow. I, I'd like to think torn. I have a better ear and voice than that. But Jesus. <laughs> um, all right. So I'm going to I'm going to go over on this one. Uh, I will say over four and a half, because even though it's not a strong edge rusher class, I think we're going to see some teams uh, in the later part of the round like, a, you know, Gates is going to bet me on this one. We're going to bet on Gregory Roussel on whether or not he's going to be a top 40 or 45 pick. I can't remember what the terms were, uh, but you're getting an upside player that's got some question marks. You know, Jalen Phillips is going to go there. Quiddy Pay is going to go there. Jason Awe is a, definitely a guy that's going to go there. So you're just looking for basically one more guy or another defensive tackle like a Christian Barmore. Uh, I think Davion Nixon is a guy that should be considered in first round, but he's not for whatever reason. Um, but there's going to be someone else. Ojolari is going to probably sneak in there. So, yeah, I th- I'm going to take the over on defensive linemen. Over okay. Are you in the same mind here, Yates? Are you like the over as well at the plus 110, the consensus? 
This is a great line. If it was five and a half, I would say I'll take the under. If it's you know, with, <laughs> yeah. but it, with with it being the four and a half, I will take the over because I do think five go in the first round, and you get the plus odds on that. So yeah, I'll take the over four and a half there. All right, I want to remind everybody too, we're going to be live during the NFL draft. Make sure you subscribe to Fantasy Pros so you could watch the three of us break it all down every pick. And I'm sure from a wagering standpoint, all of this stuff is going to come up too. It's going to be a fun night of the NFL draft, that's for sure. And make sure you go to bettingpros.com to get all these consensus. Like I said, we kind of walked you through it. So what the general numbers are, but if you like some of these wagers, you can go find the absolute best odds you can find and go right to them. And that's the beauty of betting pros. So I want to thank Tags and Yates for spending some quality time here talking more NFL draft because I know they just can't get enough. No matter what Tags said, how he's sick of all the talk of it. He's not. He loves it. He's torn because he loves it so much. And yet he knows it's going to go away soon. And then that means the beginning of the NFL season for real. And then that's when we don't see tags go outside for much the rest of the year. So I want to thank you guys for your time and your knowledge. It's always great to talk football with you. We'll be back again next week for some more betting pros. In the meantime, that'll do it for us. We'll see you next time, kids. 